0: Life, culture, and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. As we do on a Tuesday, let's check in with Ron Ross, who's been monitoring breaking news as it's becoming out of Israel and the Middle East. Ron Ross, welcome back to 2020. Thank you, Neil. Uh, Ron, media reports today persistently declaring that there are imminent corruption charges coming against the Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. One minister declaring the leader can't as yet tell his side of the story. What is the story as it's unfolding?
1: Well, I could go into a great deal of uh, uh, analysis here, but I find it very interesting uh, that President Donald Trump and Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu... Uh, Both could be classified as right-wing leaders, are under ferocious attack uh, for all manner of things. Uh, There are four charges, or three charges, coming up. But Minister of Environmental Protection, Ziev Elkin, who's a member of the same party, the Likud Party, as Benjamin Netanyahu, has offered up a defence of the Prime Minister urging the public to refrain from jumping to conclusions about the Premier's guilt in the multiple ongoing police investigations. Netanyahu cannot present his version of things. Elkin told the Reshet Bet radio station, everyone shows only the version that accuses him. So it's an unfair contest. A fresh poll in Israel suggested that the public was increasingly losing faith in Netanyahu, According to a survey commissioned by Channel 10, 51% of Israels do not believe Netanyahu is innocent, and 66% want him to resign if he's indicted. Elkin has waved off the results of the poll, saying the public's attitude is not surprising, considering that for a few days all they heard in the media is that Netanyahu has already been convicted. So obviously this has an impact on the question of the public's trust. Uh, It's been quite amazing, and I've been watching this for a week now, uh, to see the repetitive charges against Netanyahu being expressed. Uh, Police suspect that Netanyahu offered an illicit deal to a newspaper publisher, Anna Noni Moses. Whereby Netanyahu would hobble rival newspaper Israel Hayam in exchange for flattering coverage in a probe uh, pro, uh, nicknamed "Case 2000." Police are also running a parallel investigation called Case 1000, looking into expensive gifts, wealthy friends lavished on Netanyahu, such as cigars and champagne gifted to him by uh, a billionaire, Arnon Milkan. A uh, a slew of prominent right-wing figures also announced their support for the Premier, and I read this morning that the Likud party is going to hold a rally in his support, but polls in Israel right now suggest that if the Likud party uh, went to the next election without Netanyahu, they would gain four more seats than they have now.
0: And, Rod, it's not just Benjamin Netanyahu. His wife is also in the spotlight. This morning, the Jerusalem Post announcing the Israeli Attorney General is expecting to indict the PM's wife, Sarah Netanyahu, on four charges.
1: Yeah, the Attorney General Abakai Mandelblit will indict Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's wife, Sarah, for diverting public money for private use. Sarah Netanyahu is suspected of fraud and breach of trust related to misuse of public funds to meet her private housekeeping expenses. It's estimated that four felonies of which she suspected cost hundreds of thousands of shekels in state funds. The first felony she is suspected of is privately employing an electrician who did not win a tender and covering his work expenses with state funds. The second felony is improper use of state funds for a late father's medical care and the third is purchasing garden furniture for the prime minister's residence and moving it into their private residence in Caesarea. Uh, The attorney for Sarah Netanyahu, Yossi Cohen, said if the reports are correct, we're talking about ridiculous allegations how far will the persecution of the Netanyahu family go? And I think I agree with him.
0: Everyone who is in power and their family are under constant scrutiny. Uh, let's change tack a little bit. Another headline, the Jordanian King Abdallah met with the Palestinian Authority leader Mahmoud Abbas in Ramallah today.
1: Yeah, and uh, it's very interesting to look at the relationship and the way it's expressed by particularly the Arab media, talking about Jordan being Palestine's brother. Abdullah arrived in Ramallah last night for talks with Abbas, aimed at deepening ties and discussing current developments in the Palestinian territories in the wake of last month's crisis over the Al-Aqsa Mosque. We discussed all issues of mutual interest and we agreed to form a crisis committee that will continue contacts to evaluate what has happened, the lessons to be learned, and the challenges we may face at Al-Aqsa Mosque. That was a statement by Palestinian Foreign Minister Riyad al-Maliki, and he told that to reporters after the meeting. Maliki said Abbas and Abdullah also discussed U.S.-led efforts to restart the Israeli-Palestinian peace talks, which have been suspended for the past three years, and stated that Israel must recognize the principle of a two-state solution and end provocative settlement activity that's designed to prevent the establishment of a viable, contiguous Palestinian state. I find it very interesting that this is all going on after the uh, United States government have suspended payments to the Palestinian Authority while ever they continue to give bonuses to the families of terrorists who murdered Jews. And I would think that King Abdullah is speaking about that to Abbas, uh, but not making it very publicly known.
0: Other parts of the Middle East, Ron, Iran monitoring the activities of Iranian Christians and we might expect that they'd be doing that within their own borders but reports today they're following these activities of Christians in the USA and in Europe.
1: And I wouldn't be surprised if that doesn't include Australia as well. Uh, It's a surprise to no one that Iran's radical Islamists monitor Christians and others inside their borders Uh, but now a worldwide Christian ministry, which reaches out to those who are being persecuted, warns of signs that such spying continues, even as those members of the faith move to the West. Officials with Barnabas Fund explained the reports they've seen, and they say, and I quote, in Iran, Christians are monitored closely and their activities filmed. When the authorities decide to crack down on Christians, they are beaten up, arrested, or sometimes they just disappear. One of the main organizations responsible for this is the Iranian Revolutionary Guard Corps, the IRGC. The Iranian constitution gives the IRGC a specific responsibility for protecting the Islamic Revolution ideology in Iran and exporting it to other countries. Closely associated with the IRGC is the Bazij which has a similar ideological basis, but whose members recruited from school age hold other full-time jobs. One Iranian Christian was quoted as saying, if your name comes up anywhere, anywhere that it shouldn't be, then they will keep watching you. Now there's growing evidence that such monitoring by the IRGC and the Basij continues even after Christians have moved to the West. The Christian group has noted reports have been seen in recent months from European refugee camps of Iranian government agents monitoring Iranian Christians. Those who have converted from Islam appear to be a particular target.
0: And, Ron, we all know that it's difficult to believe every political headline you read, but there's another issue, fake news, taking a major hit as mainstream media admits DNA study does not disprove the Bible, quite the opposite.
1: Yeah, uh, it's quite amazing. In uh, in the last couple of weeks, some of the archaeological discoveries have been quite mind-blowing. After dozens of major media outlets published stories stories last week gleefully citing a scientific report claiming to disprove the biblical account of the Canaanite people, at least one mainstream site has been forced to issue a retraction as it quickly became clear that the debunking was itself a hoax. The story first broke after an archaeological research team published a scientific paper on July 27 proving that today's modern-day Lebanese are the genetic descendants of the ancient Canaanite people. Using DNA extracted from two skeletons found inside on Lebanon, the study traced the migration of the Canaanites from the land of Israel to Lebanon and concluded that their findings disproved the biblical account in which God commands the Israelites to destroy the pagan people. And uh, I can read from the Bible, Deuteronomy 20, verse 16, says, In the towns of the latter peoples, however, which Hashem, your God, is giving you as a heritage, you shall not let a soul remain alive. No, you must proscribe them, the Hittites and the Amorites and the Canaanites and the Perizzites, the Hivites and the Jebusites, as Hashem, your God, has commanded you. Mainstream media immediately seized on the story, Publishing what they call gotcha headlines as study disproves the Bible suggestion that the ancient Canaanites were wiped out. That was in the Telegraph. But the Bible was wrong, they said. Civilization God ordered to be killed still live and kicking. That's the Express. New DNA study casts doubt on Bible claim, said the Mother Nature Network. Breaking Israel News immediately investigated the veracity of the anti-Bible claim after consulting rabbis and the Bible itself. The Breaking Israel News published the story, revealing that the debunking was little more than anti-religious media bias chomping at the bit. Rabbi Winston, a prolific author and end-of-days expert, explained to Breaking Israel News, uh, uh, saying, Despite the Torah commandment, even in biblical times, the Canaanites were not wiped out. He said he was able to point to several Bible verses which state that explicitly. One of them was Joshua 17.12.
0: It's one of those things, isn't it, Ron Ross? If you've been around for a while, uh, that's a simple understanding that you get from some early Bible studies that uh, the Canaanite peoples weren't wiped out. Yeah. Uh, let's. Uh, there's another light story, too, about the lost city of Julius, uh, the home of the apostles Andrew, Peter and Philip. Some new evidence of the location has been unearthed near the Sea of Galilee.
1: Yeah, they may have been uh, unearthed after decades of searching by archaeologists uh, archaeologists in the upper Jordan Valley near a delta entering uh, the, the lake. The discovery was made during excavations at Bet Hamek located in Bethsaida near a nature reserve by the Arik Bridge by archaeologist Dr. Mordecai Abiyam, head of the Kinneret Institute for Galilean Archaeology at Kinneret Academic College. The Lost City of Julius was named after the daughter of Roman Emperor Augustus. Bethsaida, once a fisherman's village on the northern shore of the Sea of Galilee, is mentioned in several New Testament books as the home of at least three of Jesus' most important apostles. However, the exact location of the Lost City has been long debated. Arviam, who worked with Professor Stephen Notley of Nyack College in New York during a recent dig, said several important clues were found that reinforced the identification of the site. A layer from the Roman period was discovered in the current uh, season with pots, herds, and coins from the 1st to the 3rd century CE. He said the layer from the Roman period was found at a depth of 2 metres below a layer from the Byzantine period. Our main purpose was that at the bottom of the excavation in a limited area, a wall of the building was discovered, next to which was a mosaic floor and artifacts that characterized a bathhouse. Noting that bathhouses during the Roman period were not common in the area, Arbium said it serves as an important clue to the possibility that beneath the surface are the remains of Julius, which has not been identified to this day. So I guess uh, the digging continues.
0: The digging does continue, and appreciate your digging up the headlines. Uh, So many listeners, Ron, so appreciative of the fact that we can get insights of breaking news today from those Bible lands that we read about, those writings in the Bible from 2,000 years ago. But we're not only getting the update details and the headlines of today, but just overnight. Uh, Just great getting your insights. Ron Ross, thanks for being with us again on 2020.
1: My pleasure. Thanks, Neil.
0: Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au And remember, Vision is listener supported.